Chapter twenty two of the Submarine Boys and the Smugglers by Victor G. Durham. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Brandon. Chapter twenty two Skipper Redbeard's Maneuver. Ned White, it will be remembered, had been trained as a lawyer. More than that, his further experience in the State Department at Washington had done much to put him in touch with the laws of the sea no wonder benson was disturbed even if he did not betray the fact on the surface if i did anything irregular what was it he asked that skipper had no right to refuse to let us board him not if you had any legal reason for going on board ned admitted for that matter whatever your reason in boarding him any skipper that sails is bound to let a united states naval commander board him on the high seas but after that comes the review of the courts as to whether the naval officer was justified his ship was engaged in smuggling jack asserted stoutly can you doubt that no but can you prove it he was throwing cargo over the stern and the schooner was picking it up as it floated you can prove that i suppose ned inquired by mr hastings and my helmsman that part is sound enough if backed up by other circumstances ned agreed how about the rest of the evidence i am pretty certain jack went on that the master of the bengo didn't get all of his smuggled cargo overboard hal hastings will see to it that no more goes overboard on the run to new york i seized the ship's papers and turned them over to hastings i don't like the sound of that any too well ned declared of course the results may justify the measure that you took but still how are you going to prove that the schooner took the stuff with intent to smuggle the schooner had no right to take cargo on the high seas except in case of wreck of the transferring craft jack benson argued moreover this isn't the first lot of stuff that the schooner has smuggled into the united states the other night she brought in perhaps forty thousand havana cigars they must have come from some vessel on the west indies run can you prove that the schooner smuggled in cigars ned pressed well i know where her skipper hid the cigars jack retorted and so does hal hastings for he was with me further i have already reported the hiding place of the cigars to the authorities at washington maybe you haven't put your foot in it at all ned white suggested hopefully i trust that you haven't i don't believe i have jack replied i have tried to act in a legal manner and if the secretary of the navy had been aboard tonight, i don't believe he would have changed my orders jack hastily briefly related the history of the matter to date of course you've good sense on your side ned white admitted in my own mind there isn't a doubt that these fellows had been engaged in a deep-laid smuggling scheme and you caught them red-handed but the technicalities of the law are many and crafty and those rascals may yet escape conviction 
what you've got to do benson is to look out in the event of these rascals slipping through the courts that you're able to make out a good enough case of justifiable action on your own part that will save you from censure censure repeated lieutenant jack benson with a bitter laugh if these smugglers were acquitted and the trial court expressed disapproval of my action do you know what would be the result for me what trial by court-martial and probable dismissal from the navy service as bad as that gasped ned white probably every bit as bad as that then i'm very certain that i wouldn't want to serve as commanding officer in the navy oh yes you would if once you had a taste of the life cried lieutenant jack with all the enthusiasm of his ardent nature yes you would there's no finer career on earth than that of being an officer in the united states navy yet a commanding officer always has to be on his guard for neither the navy department nor congress will ever sanction any unduly harsh action on the part of a naval commander had that bengo's skipper attempted a more stubborn resistance and had we been obliged to kill even one man in overcoming that resistance then i would have had to face a very strict investigation a naval commander always has it impressed upon him that he simply must not be guilty of any conduct that interferes with the rights or the life of another by this time the grant still with frequent use of its searchlight had come up within a quarter of a mile of the schooner that craft had crowded on all sail evidently with the hope of escaping capture jack ordered the gunner's mate to fire a blank shot from the three-pounder not a sign came from the schooner of easing of sheets and coming to give her a solid shot across her bow gunner's mate was benson's next order bang the solid shot struck up a little geyser of water barely a hundred yards ahead of the velvet's bow skipper redbeard plainly doesn't mean to give up without a fight laughed lieutenant jack grimly nor did he know at that moment on just how much of a fight the skipper of the velvet was resolved end of chapter twenty two recording by john brandon